Hey folks, if you like listening to Stumble Through, there's now a way you can support the show. Click the link in the show notes to make a once-off donation through the ACAST supporter feature. There's no ongoing commitment and you can give as little or as much as you'd like. I love making the podcast and I'd like to keep making it. So even if it's just the price of a coffee, every little bit helps. Thanks so much. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How do you find the time when you can't find pause? A confirmation watch your face is gonna open some doors. You do what you gotta do stumble through. Hey folks, Paula here. I'm just popping in to let you know that we'll be finishing up season one of Stumble Through next week on November 20th, and we'll be back with season two of Stumble Through on Wednesday, January 29th, 2020. If you get lonely or you miss us in between now and then, get involved on socials. Find us on Instagram as Stumble Through Pod, or you can find us on Facebook as Stumble Through Podcast. There's also a Facebook group, which is super fun. And you can also send me an email or even better, it would mean the world to me and be the best Christmas present ever if you left a review. Reviews help other people find the podcast, and it also means that I know what you like, what you don't like, and that, you know, it's not just 400 accounts that my mum has made. So yeah, leave a review. It would mean the bloody world to me. Hope you have a great end of year break, and now on to the podcast. Hello folks, and welcome to Stumble Through, the podcast for young Australian adults trying to figure shit out. I'm your host, Paula Arujo. I'm a writer, theatre creator, and marketer. And this week, we are talking about emotional first aid with Janani Jagannathan. Did I say that right? Yeah, more or less. Oh, I fucked it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. It was good. Jagannathan. Jagannathan. I'm sorry. You told me before and everything. I'm pretty sure I butcher your last name, so I won't even... That's fine. Don't even worry, honestly. Podcast listeners may know you from the last episode you did, because we did an episode on first aid together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you like to introduce yourself for the people who maybe, like, haven't listened before, or... Yeah. Um, so, my name's Janani. I'm a final year medical student, and I'm from Canada. I didn't say that in the last one. It threw it in mm-hmm. at some point, but... Yeah. That's right. You're from... Um, wait, no, don't tell me, because it's the name of the universe. Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Cambridge. Yeah! Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah, it is. And a lot of the TV shows and movies are from there. Oh. And The Handmaid's. Oh, yeah. What? It's oh. Good. Mm. I still haven't seen season two or three. I just... Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I know! <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, have you stumbled through anything this week? Hmm. I stumbled through climbing a mountain. Oh. Uh, but, yeah. Mm. Not much else. <laughs> I mean, you know, the day-to-day and... Oh, yes. The unbearable lightness of being, living in general, taking care of yourself. Ugh. How about you? Oh, 
I wasn't prepared for this to be turned back on me. <laughs> um, oh, it's my never-ending struggle with actually setting and enforcing a bedtime for myself. Mm. I am a night owl, and it's really hard for me to go to bed before like midnight or 1am. It's just not in my nature. Um, but I want to wake up at 6.30 so I can have like an hour just to myself to write and do things. And I can't do that unless I go to bed early. Yeah. And I just am feeling humanly incapable of doing that, to be honest. And sometimes when 6.30 rolls around, you're just like, no. Mm. It's happened a couple of times. Really? Yeah, it's, I'm just like, I don't have to be awake yet. I'm not obligated to be anywhere until like 8.30. And my cat's on my bed. Why would I get up? Mm. Why would I do that to myself? <laughs> Um, Alrighty, so we are talking about emotional first aid. Um, What do you reckon our, like, working definition of emotional first aid is? Honestly, I didn't even come across this term before, but... Mm. um, I made it up. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one. Oh, thanks. Um, Because why not, right? We have physical first Mm. aid, so I guess emotional is just... Everyone goes through ups and downs, and sometimes the downs are really down, and you need extra help Mm. to bring yourself back up, so maybe that's what emotional first aid is. Yeah, like, you've just kind of gotten that initial bolt of woe, or whatever it may be, Um, and it's kind of like the, the immediate kind of response that you have to that, to try and patch yourself up a bit before you figure out what else to do I suppose mm-hmm. and in medicine there's a lot of like acute and chronic situations and mm-hmm. I guess with emotional issues as well it could be you know an acute like you said sudden mm-hmm. woe or mm-hmm. even a chronic thing that's been going on for a while so yeah it's true it doesn't necessarily have to be like um something out of the ordinary it could be something that you're dealing with and maybe Um, not only do you have to deal with it regularly, but you have to deal with it regularly and the fact that you feel like it might be eroding, I don't know, parts of your heart or something. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We were talking just before about self-soothing and what that meant. Um, (laughs) So um, Google tells me that this is an adjective and um, of actions, behaviour, etc. Enabling a person to comfort themselves when unhappy or distressed. Um, we talk, You were telling me about like self-soothing like actions or techniques, was it? Mm, yeah, mm. so I guess some people might play an instrument, so playing guitar or brushing their hair or mm. fiddling their fingers or holding on to, you know, a pet or, and just stroking your animal. Yeah, you, <laughs> um, yeah. you mentioned... Um, you learned it, was it youth mental health? Yeah, so I did a rotation on um, adolescent mental health, and there was a lot of talk on that floor, and I think any other floor, to be honest, uh, about self-soothing behaviours and kind of how how everyone can manage themselves so when they're feeling a bit upset or just, you know, not completely themselves. Sometimes it's, you know, taking a step back or just listening to some music or... Um, sitting by yourself in a room um, and just stepping away from the like everything going on around you sometimes you know for me it might be a cup of tea (laughs) yeah from what I hear there's 
you can either like take a step back and kind of put some distance between you and whatever you're feeling or whatever's just happened um, and then come back to it when you're feeling a bit stronger. And then I suppose there's the opposite side of that, which is kind of just, I don't know, riding the wave until you feel like you can get off, I guess. Mm, I guess, yeah. And self-soothing, I guess some people might sit in that emotion that they're feeling. So mm. they'll, they might listen to music, like, you know, if they're really upset. It's not some music that kind of... Uh, Matches? Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas you could do the opposite. Mm. Like, if you're feeling really upset about something, you might put on something that lifts your spirits a bit. Yeah, so, could, like, distract you. So there's, yeah. like, distance, sitting with it, distraction. There's, like, sort of three options for what you can immediately do in that situation. Mm. Do you... I've read in a lot of places that, like, being able to give a name to the feeling helps because it gives you some degree of power over it. Uh, have you come across anything that's kind of similar? Hmm. I guess... Um... I guess what that really means is mm. that you're thinking about what you're feeling and why. Mm. And I think that's the major takeaway. Yeah. Um, even if you can't really put a name to that emotion you're feeling, uh, just the act of thinking about it logically and sort of pinpointing the source is probably yeah. a good thing. Yeah. I know something that resonated with me when I read it was um, advice that instead of asking why you should ask what because like our brains will come up with endless reasons of why mm. but if you ask what it's more likely to tap into that sort of logical um, like thought process and go mm. okay well what exactly about this yeah is it yeah yeah like rather than uh, and with that like you know we all like to be like why me mm. and yeah that mm. I think that's when especially feeling that and saying what yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I read before um, we did this episode, I read this TED talk by Guy Winch, who's a Swedish psychologist, um, and he his TED talk is on emotional hygiene. Um, and he talks about how one of the things that we have to do for ourselves when we're in distress is figure out ways not to make it worse. <laughs> um, he compared it to, like, when you've got, like, a small cut. You don't go and, like, grab something and go, okay, I'm just going to make it even deeper. <laughs> and one of those, one of the things that we can do to prevent ourselves from making it worse is breaking the urge to ruminate. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. <laughs> there's a difference between, I think, ruminating and reflecting. Yeah, there's, like, different structures involved, isn't there? Yeah. Because ruminating, I don't know, you you allow yourself to feel the emotions, but then you also just sit in that state. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you can try to reflect, or you can, you know, you, you acknowledge that you're feeling a certain way, but you're coming down to the root of the issue. It's sort of like... The what, what versus why again. Yeah, and, yeah. like... Not making that cut deeper, which is what ruminating does. Um, mm. And I feel like ruminating also leads to, like, a, a running of thoughts through your head. Mm. And just, you know, one question of maybe why me leads mm. to another question. And then, then soon you're just... Then you just find yourself down, like, the... 
I am a shit person Instagram spiral, looking mm. at everyone else leading these glossy lives and going, okay, cool, yay. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that ruminating is kind of like a sitting in it and you kind of let your usually imagined reality of the situation overtake you mm. and it kind of like pulls you in a million different like scenarios of yeah. this is what happened or this is what it meant or this is what will happen. Mm. I know I am real bad at not getting myself out of like ruminative thought patterns. Like I'm so much better than I used to be and I'm proud of myself for that progress. But yeah. I still know that that is something that I have to be constantly like aware of in myself. Mm. And that's so good. Like being aware and like it is a challenge, but I think like with any habit, make like make something a habit, you have to take active steps. Um, and it's not going to be easy at first, but the more you do it, the easier mm. it becomes. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, like, I think it's worth noting that um, sometimes rumination can, in a perverse way, feel good, simply because it's familiar to us. Yeah. And, like, it's, yeah, like, it's not that you're being a bad person or that you're a weak individual for wanting to. It's just that, mm. particularly if you're someone like me with, you know, a history of doing that, that, that is just your automatic response that's what you've always done it's much more comfortable and streamlined to just do that than something else mm. so yeah um the ted talk dude guy winch says that um two minutes of distraction is enough to break the urge to ruminate so i think that you were so on the money when what you were saying before was like to distance yourself or to, like, just distract yourself for a little bit, like, mm-hmm. immediately after, so that you can come back to it with that kind of reflective what is making me think this, say this, whatever attitude. Yeah. And I think um, we all do this as well. I even do it, where you, like, feel this, like, instant urge to talk to someone sometimes mm-hmm. when you're oh, really yeah. upset, but mm-hmm. sometimes that could have the opposite effect that you want. Oh my gosh, this literally <laughs> happened to me not so long ago. <laughs> oh, it was a bad idea. <laughs> sometimes, it, it, like, I feel like that phrase, like, it, like you feel like something's blowing up. Mm. That's kind of when that happens. Mm. Um, I've done it too. Like, ruminating and I feel like blowing something up. Mm. Sort of. Oh, catastrophizing? Yeah. They all go in your hands. (laughs) I think it's because, like, our brains can't distinguish between, like, a very real, present, physical threat to our livelihood and... Oh, no, there's a negative comment! Ah! Yeah, and the big scheme of things. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. because... Isn't that... That was surely in a TED Talk somewhere, that, like, your brain is it just notices threats and it doesn't necessarily recognize that one is a very present tiger in the room and the other one is like okay so it's a bad comment on your report like we can get through this yeah <laughs> and that immediate response is like ah yes our brains <laughs> our brains <laughs> we can't do anything without them but sometimes you they also cripple you so much where you yeah. It's just, yeah. Absolutely. One hundred percent. It's like I couldn't do anything without my brain, but yeah. also sometimes I think it does get in the way of me doing anything. anything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, on the note of like self-soothing and taking care of yourself, we talked about 
what you mentioned how like you have that immediate response you want to talk to someone um with that do you reckon it's kind of worth taking a beat and separating yourself and distancing yourself from whatever's just happened before you make the decision to talk to someone because I know for me my situation that would have just been a good idea yeah (laughs) I I, uh, uh, and I I'm the same like Mm. sometimes I'll talk to someone and be like I didn't really mean to go on that hour long rant Mm. I think um writing it down Mm. and the reason why I say writing it down rather than just going through it in your head Mm. is because it's easier to control which like what kind of direction your thoughts are going to take that really has like a different effect though when you write something down it's a way of organizing your thoughts and forcing your mind to organize your thoughts and then you can reflect on them easier as opposed to just absolutely letting the movie in your head take over Mm, exactly Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so like and and at least when you're writing it you can consciously be like what Mm. or you you know you can write those words down rather than like why like as soon as you start writing why you're gonna know yeah well then maybe that's not a route I should keep taking (laughs) yeah absolutely and it's so much easier to be like oh wow I brought I've written I've written this word so many times in a row what does that mean why have I oh okay so this is what's actually bothering me Mm. whoops and like I mean to be fair like in reality I say like write it down but Mm. do I ever actually type it it's fine (laughs) get me fine like, mm-hmm. I think my go-to is always to, like, speak to someone, but mm-hmm. to, I think, yeah, taking that moment to yourself is probably better, or taking that moment away from the situation and just going off and doing something else is also better, yeah. and coming down, and then you can revisit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very human to, like, feel wounded and automatically seek assistance, I think that's such a human thing. I guess part of being an adult is going, okay, but can I handle this myself, though? And that's not saying that like, you shouldn't reach out if you are feeling overwhelmed or anything. It's just like, but you are a, a big, strong, capable human being. and You've you probably, made it this far. Yeah, exactly. You've made it this far. You, you probably can, actually. And if you can't, that's fine. Then definitely talk to someone. But, hmm. you know, like, give yourself a shot, maybe. Yeah. She says. We're um, we're our biggest <laughs> critics. Oh, my gosh. I guess we also, uh, it's easy for us to not realise our own strengths. Mm. So. Absolutely. I think it's so easy for us to undervalue the things that we're good at or just underestimate ourselves and what we're capable of mm. in that way. Now it's time for the Things I've Never Said segment, where we accept anonymous submissions and confessions from our listeners on the topic we discuss. So this week we have three submissions. Um, the first is, sometimes I find it really difficult to ask my friends for help because I worry that then I'll never be able to learn to cope on my own. Hmm. Fair. Yeah, I guess that's, like, wanting to feel more like an adult. Or mm. at least to, like, try and grow. Yeah. Yourself. And I think, like, that that is fair. Yeah. Um, but it is recognising, like, when you might want to reach out to someone. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think that it's... There's a time and a place to, you know, take care of yourself and, like, administer self-care, but you also have to know when you 
really should seek at least an outside opinion, you know, just to get it outside of your own head. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. No, and sometimes at that point, you might even have your own friends reaching out to you mm. or recognizing that it's a, you're not entirely yourself, and that might be a cue for you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. To oh, maybe need to reach out. <laughs> mm. Yeah, maybe I just need to talk to someone. It doesn't necessarily have to be serious. Maybe it's just that. You haven't been getting a lot of sleep, and so the world feels a little bit scarier. Mm. So, yeah. And you don't even have to get into the details, I guess, but mm. just even saying to someone, yeah, mm. there is something going on. I don't feel like talking about it right now, but, you know, thanks for thinking of me. And, like, maybe grab a coffee with them or go yeah. do something fun. Absolutely. Like, that can that can mean so much to both parties involved. So, yeah. Um, second submission is, how can I let my friends know they can approach me when they're going through stuff? Sometimes I feel like they think I don't have time to help them. Mm. <laughs> We've all been through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And sometimes even, you know, you might you might even tell them, mm. oh, like, is, is there anything you need or is mm. there anything I can do? Just let me know. Mm. Or you might even say, like, I've noticed you've been feeling, you've been, you haven't been yourself entirely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Is everything okay? Yeah. And I think that it's also, you know, important to admit to yourself and to them when you genuinely don't have the time because, unfortunately, that's just another part of being an adult. Sometimes you don't have time. Yeah. But as long as, like, you immediately go... Oh, well, I don't have time today or this week, but let's meet up at this time, at this place. Or can I call you at this time instead? Because, like, that's just managing your responsibilities. Mm. And I guess, like, this might sound a bit harsh to say, mm. but in some, in, there are some people out there who, like, just, um, are, um oh, their presence is almost draining sometimes, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not a negative thing, it's just, you know, that person's going through a lot, but I think that emotion, like, where you feel drained afterwards is probably because, you know... You've done emotional labour. Yeah, and you've prioritised someone else over yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, you might not have taken a break for yourself and just dove straight into helping someone else, so Mm -hmm. I think knowing when you're ready to be a listening ear and that shoulder for someone is yeah. important absolutely and like when you can hold space for them like yeah properly. yeah uh and like on that note like <laughs> i i know like paula <laughs> you you often when we're talking you'll be like oh i just want to make sure like you're oh what's the what's the phrase you use like, <laughs> you the space yeah the time the emotional bandwidth yeah, <laughs> just like some combination of that. <laughs> I try. I fail a lot, and it's it's actually really refreshing. Aww. And thanks. <laughs> it's, it's nice because before you know you're, you you get into it, you're checking to see like can this person you even handle what mm. I'm about to like, <laughs> lay out for them. For the jelly. <laughs> mm. it's very upset jelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alrighty, last submission we have is, once I read that it's better to offer specific help than just say, here if you need, so saying, let me make you dinner is more helpful. Yeah, like yes and no. Hmm. It depends. Yeah, I think let me make you dinner is almost aggressive too, because what if they yeah. don't want to let you <laughs> make them yeah. dinner? Yeah, <laughs> that feels a bit like an intervention, like yeah. I'm going to intervene 
with my help, yeah. which is like in some cases, like if your friend, like if you know that they are depressed, that would be helpful because maybe your depressed friend just doesn't have the energy. And to... they need that push. Yeah, and they need that push or like they just, the depression is doing its thing and telling them that they can't reach out for help even though you've specifically said to reach out for help because they're like, no, but you're a burden. Mm. Like, because depression's fun like that, mm. you know? Um, so I suppose it really depends on who you're talking to and what the circumstances are. Yeah, and... I mean, it can be phrased differently, so it's yeah. less imposing. Absolutely. How the I need you to know. Yeah. Because it kind of conveys that you're keen to mm-hmm. um, be there for them and do whatever it is you're offering. Mm-hmm. And they still have that freedom to feel like they can say no if yeah. they want to. And then you, they can also be like, oh, no, I don't need dinner made, but I'd really love some help with these dishes. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Stop caring for yourself and other people. Yeah, but that's actually really good, like, rather than just being like, well, let me know if you need anything. Yeah, being specific usually helps in a lot of things. Mm. Was there anything else that you wanted to, like, cover before we finished off, or? No, I think those are really good questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, alrighty, I'm going to give you the pod- the podcast question. Uh, which is, what would you do if you knew 10,000 people would do the same? Hmm. Right now, yeah. I, I'm actually kind of feeling ice cream, so maybe <laughs> <laughs> I would get some ice cream, mm. and then hopefully 10,000 people will also do the same. <laughs> A joy for ice cream vendors everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the podcast again and for talking with me. It's been a joy. Thank you, Jay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thanks, as always, to That's Not Canon Productions and to Zane for producing the show. Graphics are by Claudia Pickett, music by Jessica Fletcher. If you've stumbled upon us, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. It really helps other people find us. You can find us on Instagram at StumbleThroughPod and Facebook at StumbleThroughPodcast. As always, thank you to you for listening. Have a good week, guys. See you next time. Bye. 